2 Corinthians 12, 1-10 I must go on boasting. Though there is nothing to be gained by it, I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast, but on my own behalf, I will not boast, except of my weaknesses. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, you know, Second Corinthians is like generally a less familiar epistle. Like right. a lot of these passages yeah. you don't hear all the time. But uh, this one. This one you've probably heard before. Probably. Um, you know, the the thorn in the flesh. But you know, it was funny, like as you're reading it, I was just thinking, like, we know this passage so well. And yet it's like one of the weirdest, most well known passages. Like he's talking about this like man who he knows who had this all these revelations, which no one can talk about. Right. And he'll go on boasting for him. But then like this thorn in the flesh was given to him from being conceived. Like it's like, yes. What? Like if you actually read it and especially if you try to divorce it in your mind from like the cross stitch lifeway pillows, <laughs> um, like what the heck is happening right now? And, um, right. and so Paul is given this thorn in the flesh, which, I mean, holy crap. How many different things have you heard? I know. Ascribed? So many things. Like, I know. Some people think the thorn in the flesh was like an elder at a church or something who mm-hmm. was like literally harassing him. Right. And, you know, insulting him. Um, and some people think that like I've heard before that it, it could have been like, you know, sort of like this PTSD from like the people that he killed like a guilt PTSD oh, interesting. Like, okay I don't know if I've heard um, that one I've so heard sort of, of the like physical, this guilty conscience yeah kind of like the blindness maybe he had yeah. a problem with his eyes yeah yeah because which that one is funny to me because the the place they get that from it says he wrote it in big he's writing in big letters and then people are like oh he has trouble with his eyesight and some people are like he was just doing that for emphasis. Like I'm writing this big, so you'll yeah. He's see saying English. he's saying like right. It's like the John Hancock. <laughs> Pay thing. attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've just heard uh, like I've heard singleness. Like there's all sorts of things. Yeah, that's um, true. Which that one to me just doesn't hold up at all. Because Paul's like, <laughs> guys, being single is awesome. <laughs> Anyways, so as we have belabored, <laughs> this passage has a lot going on, mm-hmm. and a lot more maybe than we sometimes like ascribe it to is like. Oh yeah, like when I'm weak, I'm strong. It's like this, like halftime right, speech. Right. So, McClish, <laughs> let us into your wise mind. <laughs> what you see? 
in this first half. No, of right? This is, I know. It's so from it's interesting to talk about familiar passages because sometimes you're like, oh yeah, this one, and then you yeah. start and you're like, oh okay, that's so I true. Could probably the familiar spend ones some are the time. hardest ones to do I on this show. So. I think so. It's so hard. Yeah. But um, I do think it's interesting to think about just this experience that um, Paul has had, and obviously he's very uncomfortable with sharing it, which I think. Um, again, goes to his humility and his just constantly never wanting to lead people to draw attention to himself, even though we've been in these passages where he's boasting for these different reasons, but all with a mind of reconnecting the people, pointing them to Christ and um, their first love. And so he even tells us about this in a very belabored way, but what an incredible experience that he was caught up. He doesn't know Mm -hmm. if it was in the body um, or if it was just a vision that he had into the third heaven. And that is the way um, um, at this time of talking about like the very presence of God. Like it wasn't just like the stars, the universe It's like literally this is where God dwells. So in God's presence, which again, amazing. And he saw things that cannot even be uttered, like these secret things that God's like, don't, don't tell this. We're not, they're not ready for this. little secret. Right. I know. But um, like what a kindness I think to Paul because and maybe this is just my own like feelings about when I've experienced a suffering or I mean suffering use that mildly I can't even compare to Paul mm. but like yeah. just that kind of like cir- circumstantial stuff in ministry where like man this is hard this isn't working out the way I thought or I'm experiencing opposition or I don't know any number of things that you think is God really in this mm. is it you doubt yourself and whether or not he's and so you think if you've had the experience of Paul and had all those things that he listed in this prior mm. passage. I feel like his this God doing this thing of bringing him into his presence in this way is just such, again, a kind, compassionate, mm. like beautiful thing that God did yeah. for Paul um, to affirm his love for him and uh, approval of him mm. in, in Christ and all of that. So amazing experience. And yet it is it would be so easy to be conceited about this to be like mm-hmm. i mean it would be the self-control of paul amazing not mm-hmm. to just like come down to people and be like look i've been in the presence of god yeah i know things that you can't even imagine and you're you know like lording that around like um power plays but no he boasts in weakness but he's being very honest here and then he says this is why he's been given this thorn in the flesh which again you think is this good of god to do this and yet in paul's mind it's it is good because the worst thing that could happen is for him to be conceited and to be led away by pride because he has a very yeah. robust understanding of the yeah. danger of pride and yeah. how it could harden his heart totally. and and so again just pointing to like Paul just loves Jesus so much mm-hmm. that even in the the pain of this and the honest I also love his honesty in this about like this is hard and I prayed three times to ask God to take this. I'm crying out to him and yet he's com- it's complete acceptance of God's sovereignty, of his goodness and his willingness to lay down mm-hmm. his life because he would just, why wouldn't you for someone who loves you as much as mm-hmm. Jesus? Absolutely. You know, I, I so just so long for this to be true of our church and of my friends and family and of myself to like boast in weakness. Cause I just think of like, there are, there's so many people that God has put into my life who really wear 
their like weaknesses and issues on their sleeve and not in this weird like glorifying sin way right but like you know people who are very transparent about their struggle with alcohol mm-hmm. alcoholism or like you know people who um are very open about their like you know panic attacks and mm-hmm. like or you know what like things that are very like embarrassing and taboo and kind of like right. closed door conversations right and the secular world right or like depression or anxiety or all these mental exactly health struggles or like you know the different parenting like woes or you know losses or like whatever and um those people are like the most encouraging people to talk to because they're so unimpressed with themselves and just like filled up and flowing with the power of god right and um it just makes you so unimpressed whenever you like kind of come across the like buttoned up grandiose self-aggrandizing um you know like professional christians or like the like um influencing the masses christians because it's like you know you might have like a platform and like whatever but like this person walks with god they know god yes and i i see it written all over them because the things that they hold on to and like hold up in front of the world, mm-hmm. um, they are like embarrassing, but they give God so much glory. And like, there's no room for them to even be like, they're too self forgetful to even be right. embarrassed about it. <laughs> right. And it, it's like such a, it's such an apologetic to like the power and work of God. Yes. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's another great thing to just think on is, um, you know, we, we're very quick to like hop on LinkedIn and like boast in the mm-hmm. new job or hop on Instagram and boast in the vacation or whatever. Right. Um, but it's like, what, you know, what are the things, the weaknesses in which God, God's power has been made known in your life? And, you know, for me, it's like my, my unbelief and like just thick headedness. Yes. And, um, and you know, that's one of those things where you have to be careful to not like glorify the like issue. Sure. But like my story feel like, I just feel so marked by God's patience and, um, Mm. and it's not like, Oh, I'm such a great critical thinker, but it's like, I'm a freaking idiot that God has just shown (laughs) absolute patience and kindness. Right. And, um, and that is far more constructive for the church than like, yeah, like I weren't learned this big word that ends in ology, and you yeah, know, it's like this is my really like bulwark uh, take on it. Yes, <laughs> so, um, I know this. It's I think this goes back to also um, the passage we talked about, where you know about like a false gospel, a or a counterfeit gospel, or another gospel, another spirit, another Jesus where we can just so easily get sidelined into like, as Christians, we know that we have these behaviors that should flow out of our faith, that fruitfulness, you know, flows out of our faith. And, and the Bible is very gracious to us to tell us what they look like and to give these commands and instructions. Mm -hmm. And yet, like for me, my, one of my big pitfalls is that like immediately doubling down on like, this is me. I have to do this. I have to and I have to do it well. And I don't want to like, as if I was like letting God down in some way, it was just such a subtle shift in my thinking. And yet it leads you down such a painful path because again, you're looking to your own strengths to like hold it together and to, um, yeah. you know, and to grow yourself in grace. And, 
yes, this God has us participate in our sanctification and that we do have to obey and, you know, take steps to like repent mm. and to go on a mission trip and, you know, do all the things, but that he is, we're really being acted upon by him. Totally. And I think this passage for me, it was just so life changing so many times to remind me again, like a, you're weak, you're a creature. And it's very, what a beautiful place to be a creature completely dependent on a good, good God. And that was in the garden. And then now it's been made possible again after the work of Christ on the cross that I can be weak and that he's so pleased with me at looking mm. to him in faith in my weakness. And not only that, but that his power that will rest on me mm -hmm. in that weakness mm -hmm. and um, will be made manifest in my weakness. And um, he'll use that, the weakest parts of me, to display his glory to a, a watching world. Yeah. And then it makes you very like, oh, okay, I, well, this makes me excited to get out there and, and do stuff in my weakness. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, well, this is a great word and uh, that's really encouraging. I'm encouraged and instructed by this. So hope you are as well, wherever you're listening from. And um, for Jennifer McClish, this is Will Carlisle. And we are going to see you tomorrow as we continue to begin to wind down our study of 2 Corinthians. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant. And Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.